everybody and welcome to a new episode of Evie's Korean Drama Podcast Show. My name is Evie, I'm your host, and I am a K-drama obsessive. So this is the show where I waffle on about all of the K-drama that I love. If you'd like to support the show, you can check out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Evie Korean Drama Podcast. There you will find extra podcast episodes and updates on what I'm watching at the moment. Also, just before I get started, please be warned that I do swear a little bit on this show when I get excited. And when I'm talking about K-drama, I always get excited. Alright, so I thank you very, very much for listening and let's get on with the K-drama show. everybody and welcome to a new episode of my K-drama podcast. I'm doing something a little bit different this week. Uh, it's something I've been thinking about for a little while, but it was also suggested to me very recently by a lovely listener and it kind of gave me the nudge I needed to maybe plunge in here and do a top 10 favorite K-drama episode, which isn't really something I've done before, which feels kind of weird. Uh, I guess it's because, you know, every year you find new favorites and it's very hard to have only a top 10. Um, so I'm going to say I'm calling this my top 10 favorite episodes, of, not episodes, that's incorrect, <laughs> favorite K-dramas of all time. For me, this is about my mad personal taste and anyone who's been listening to this podcast for any amount of time probably is quite aware that I have some very left of field favorites um, that other people might not necessarily find in their hearts in the way that I do. Um, but I thought I'd go through my favorites. Uh, I did try to do a top 10, uh, but that's impossible. So I've actually got a top 11 and then I've got some weird old favorites that are favorites, but you know, I'm aware that they're weird and old, but I, I'm going to talk about them and then some just randoms as well. Um, and obviously as I record this, it's sort of, sort of coming along to mid 2022. Um, I do add new favorites to my list of favorites every single year that I watch K-dramas. Um, and so obviously I can't talk about future K-dramas that I haven't watched or don't exist. Um, and I obviously can't talk about any dramas that I haven't watched either. Obviously, I don't know why I'm saying that. That's pretty obvious. Um, but I guess I do want to say this list, this list of my top 11 favorite K-dramas of all time since I've been watching K-dramas, it is highly personal. Like this is just me waffling on about my most beautiful favorite personal taste K-dramas that hit the spot with me personally, whether that's to do with the tropes that I love, uh, the time and mood I was in when I watched it, um, very personal sort of things that I really enjoy, like genres and things like that and of course actors and actresses that I really really love and I'd love to say that that makes you know no impact on whether I love a drama or not but it absolutely does like some of my favorite dramas sometimes I'm like I think this might be a favorite because of the people in it and I just love them so much and think they're so great in it but I guess that's part of it isn't it that's part of the whole package you know like someone different in a drama brings an entirely different vibe to that exact same character you don't know how that actor or actress is 
misinterprets it. So I don't know, it all just rolls into one thing. And for me, you know, this list, it was really fun putting this together. Um, it was actually a little bit easier than I thought. I absolutely couldn't go lower than 11 though. And that was only by cutting out some of the older ones that I still love. They're still really in my top, top favorites, but um, I feel like maybe it's time to put them in a slightly different category because I can recognize, you know, a lot of older dramas are they're pretty bonkers and that's fine. A lot of newer dramas are bonkers as well. Um, so anyway, I'm going to launch into this. I'm going to go through each of my 11 favorite K-dramas of all time so far that I've seen. Um, but I really hope that as you listen and most likely don't hear any of your favorites getting mentioned uh, because I really have some weird ones on this list, but I don't know, I can't help it. These are the ones that I adore. Um, and I think it's one of the fun things about being a K-drama fan. Like I feel like sometimes a drama will come out and it just speaks to everyone, but sometimes you find those dramas that speak to you in a way that when you talk about them to other people, they're like, huh, you know, like, I don't know if that one was for me or if that kind of got in my heart the way that you're clearly, you know, explaining that it did for you. Um, so these, these are very personal. These are things, these are, these are shows that, wow, they just crawled inside my heart. And I think, I still think about all these shows a lot in my life and I have rewatched most of them. Um, and I don't know, even just thinking about them gives me like the warmest feeling in my chest. It makes me so happy. Um, and they've all been like screensavers on my phone or computer at some point in my life. So I guess I want to say these are my top 11 favorites. And this is just me sharing the stuff that I love with you guys. Um, so yeah, just please be aware that there's going to be some crazy choices on here. And they are probably not necessarily <laughs> going to cover a lot of the dramas that you might love the most. Um, but I think that's okay. We've all got different tastes and we all watched the shows that we watched at different times in our lives that spoke to us in different ways. And I think, I don't know, that's the beauty of maybe the K-drama community that we can all, I don't know, um, kind of lean into that personal taste maybe and those tropes that specifically speak to us. Um, all right, so I'm going to share my top 11 most favorite K-dramas of all time. Here we go. Okay, so I should have said two. This is in no particular order. There is no way that I could cut my list down into like, you know, one to 11. I think that would be impossible to like pick an absolute favorite, um, particularly for me, because I feel like my taste, like my personal love in stories is kind of like weirdly, uh, what's the, what's the word? Like, kind of opposing sometimes like I really love dark gritty stuff and I really love light fluffy stuff and then I feel like if you have a light fluffy drama up against a dark gritty drama like they're just they're different things I feel like for me personally it's impossible to compare things sometimes that are in such different genres so yeah my favorites are all over the place this is absolutely in no particular order but I am going to start somewhere and I'm going to start with a K-drama that came out in 2012 that I watched as it aired, actually, and it is called A Rung and the Magistrate. 
So Arung and the Magistrate is a 20-episode historical fantasy romance. Um, I remember when this one came out, I was really excited for it because Shinmina is the lead actress and I had just come off the back of watching her, I guess, in a few dramas um, and you know, she's beautiful and amazing and I love her. Uh, and also I'm just super into Joseon set dramas. I always find that a really, really interesting kind of historical period to place a story in. And, you know, I'm a mad fan of historical dramas in general. Um, this one was really interesting for me because it was the very first time that I was introduced to the actor Lee Jun-gi, who is now a favorite of mine and has been this came out in 2012, so I guess for 10 years he's been a favorite. Holy shit, that's fucking intense. <laughs> wow. All right, so yeah, he's a big favorite of mine. I love him. And it's an interesting thing for me with this drama, Arung and the Magistrate, because I didn't love him at first. I really didn't. And there's a pinpoint moment in this drama that I was like, oh, now I get why this guy is famous and everyone loves him. Like, he's amazing. Um, I do remember there was a lot of like, um, you know, in the kind of promo materials in the lead up to Arung and the Magistrate airing, there was a lot of talk because it was Lee Jun-ki's first kind of um, army comeback drama. So it was the first drama that he did when he came out of army. And after watching this, I certainly went back into um, Lee Jun-ki's backlog of dramas from pre-ARMY and watched a lot of really weird old shit and also some really awesome old shit. <laughs> he's in some great ones and he's in some shit ones. But basically, ever since I watched him in this, I've really, I've tried all of his dramas. And quite a few of them are extremely good, I have to say. Um, so... What else? Well, I was going to go into the casting, but I kind of already did it, didn't I? So Lee Jun-ki, Shin Mina, a whole bunch of other faces that you'll recognize. Probably one of the notable kind of side characters played by the actor Yu Sung-ho, who is, of course, now a leading man himself, most recently in the historical Moonshine and also in that that robot drama where she's not a robot, whatever that one's called. I'm not a robot. I feel like that's what that one's called. Um... So I guess a rung in the magistrate, just to give you some really, I should have said too, this is spoiler free. I'm not going to spoil the endings, am I? No, I don't think I am. I'm going to keep things a bit vague this week, which is very unlike me. You like get right into the nitty gritty uh, details normally. Um, so the general setup of Arung and the Magistrate is basically Lee Jun-ki plays, um, you know, like a noble dude. He's a bit, bit of a stuck up noble dude who, of course, has a tragic past. Um, and he's trying to find his mom who's gone missing. He goes out to a weird town in the middle of nowhere. Um, and there's a ghost there. It's based on an old Korean folktale, like a real folktale about a ghost called Arung who... Basically, every time a magistrate um, is sort of brought in and assigned to be magistrate of this particular town, Arung turns up and murders him is the original folktale or, you know, frightens him to death, basically. So, of course, um, our male lead can see ghosts, something he's trying to keep really quiet. Um, our female lead, Arung, is a very sassy, amazing ghost who has no memory of her life and basically gets a chance to come back to life for a while and um, try and solve her own murder. And the male lead is trying to help her because he thinks it's tied into the disappearance of his mother. So, 
there's a lot of mythology in this that I just adore. There's like gods playing like chess, not chess, obviously, but like Baduk and things like strategic sort of board games, moving the pieces around and you get the impression they're trying to influence the events on Earth. They're giving things nudges to try and, you know, destroy this evil or nurture this evil that's happening in this town. And Oh, I just loved the supernatural elements. Um, I loved the romance. It's so good. And I loved this kind of, you know, investigative sort of element as well, where they have to try and solve her murder. And she's trying to solve her own murder and also discover who she was, which is very, very moving at times. And then, of course, you know, the magistrate, our lead, you know, a uh, male lead played by Lee Junki ends up falling in love with this ghost who has, you know, a time limit. She's back on Earth for something like, I can't remember, like two months or something, and then she's going to die. And he falls in love with her and it's, so it gets very sweepingly romantic and angsty and it's just beautiful. Fucking love a ring in the magistrate. What a drama. Um, Okay, so I thought I'd, that's, you know, I'm not going to go into super, super detail with these ones, but I thought I'd just do a bit of, you know, what did I love the most? Um, so for me, it was a supernatural mythology. There's a lot of beauty in the way this drama looks, in the way that they portray, you know, gods and ghosts and the afterlife. Like, oh, it's so atmospheric. Like, it's really, really gorgeous. Um, Arang as a character is just so cool. Like she's so kick-ass. She's so strong. She's so brave and courageous. She's very funny. Um, I She's so strong. I just loved her as a character. Um, and then there's two moments for me that every time I think about this drama, they stick out in my mind. So, and I think they're probably the moments that cemented like Lee Jun-ki from the first half of the drama. I was like, this guy? Really? And then there was these two moments in the drama and I was like, Oh, this guy. Yes, I get it. Um, and there's one point after he, you know, there's kind of this kind of petty push and pull between the two leads as, you know, he's really falling in love with her and Arang is very much like, she's not letting her feelings go in that direction. Like she's, she knows where her future is, which is, you know, she's, she's made a deal with the gods and her time is limited on this earth. So the stakes are very, very high. And there's this moment where the male lead confesses to her and looks at her or he tries to confess to her and she's sort of trying to stop him. And the look in this man's eyes when he tries to profess his love for a rung, just like, wow, I just remember being like, whoa, like you just see it all in his eyes, the pain and the love and the angst. And it was so like swoony romantic. I nearly died basically. <laughs> um, and then the other moment that I really, really loved is, so for the, the first part of the drama, you know, we have our main male lead played by Lee Jun Ki, like swanning around the countryside wearing, you know, a nice hanbok outfit. He's like a young bun nobleman. So, you know, he's wearing a nice little outfit thing that he wears and, you know, a nice gat and stuff. And then he kind of gets hoodwinked into becoming the magistrate. And for a long time, he really doesn't want to be the magistrate because his whole deal in life is like, let's be lazy and do nothing and not get involved in anything. But eventually he gets pushed to, be, to get involved. And there's this whole sequence of him. And, you know, it's really to signify that he's taking responsibility. He's going to, you know, go all out. He's decided what he's going to do. So it's a very big moment in terms of his character growth. But to kind of signify that and portray 
portray this change in his internal character, we finally see him accept the role of being magistrate and don his, you know, like the the black and red sort of magistrate uniform that if you've watched any historicals, you've probably seen this outfit a lot, this particular Joseon uniform. And oh my gosh, he looks so good. It's amazing. I loved it. This was like the moment for me where I was like, right, now I get everything. I get why everyone's obsessed with him and loves him and has been so excited for this drama. So that really cemented him. It's weird. It was just a moment, but he just has so much weight to his. I mean, look, he's gorgeous. Obviously he looks beautiful, but it's also, I don't know, he just swans in there and he looks so fucking cool. And then he just owns the room. And I was like, wow, this is cool. All right, so those were the best things. There was a lot of best things for A Rung and the Magistrate because it's a fucking amazing drama. Um, in my opinion, I really love it. But on the flip side, I thought I'd talk about worse things or things that I didn't love as much about each drama as well. So for A Rung and the Magistrate, the thing for me that is the only thing for me that isn't perfect about this show is that the ending is not as strong as the start. In my opinion, I feel that it really kind of slows down towards the end and kind of fizzles out a little bit. I didn't mind the actual end. I feel like some people didn't like it, but I actually had no problem with the way it ends. But I, and you know, in hindsight, I'm looking at it now and I'm seeing it is a 20 episode drama. Um, maybe it should have been 16 episodes and it might have been different. But I think the biggest problem that kind of made the end fizzle a little bit for me or slow down was really that I think Arang's character kind of changes. She is just the coolest, kick-ass, courageous young woman at the start of the drama. And she gets a lot more kind of docile towards the end and needs a lot more saving than she does at the beginning. Um, and it doesn't ruin my enjoyment of the drama, but if I rewatch it, which I have on multiple occasions, I do stop, you know, I stop watching around maybe episode 16 or whatever and you know, I know how it ends, so that's no real problem. Um, so I think, I don't know, I really, really love this one. And the fact that the ending isn't as strong as the start really, I don't know. It's interesting. Sometimes that can totally ruin a drama for me and kind of remove it from a favorites list. But for some reason, this drama, I don't know, it's so atmospheric. It's so romantic. It's so interesting. It's so beautiful to look at. Um, and I feel quite unique as well. So it's definitely a favorite for me, even though the ending is, I think, a little bit slow. It's not shit, though. <laughs> it's just a little bit slow. So maybe that's the difference. Um, all right. So that's what I'll say about one of my absolute favorite K-dramas of all time, Arung and the Magistrate, a 20 episode, a fantasy romance historical from 2012. Alright, so next up on my list is a Korean drama that came out in 2015. So this one is part of the school series or Hakgo series. Um, so this one is called Who Are You School 2015. Uh, so this drama is a 16 episode kind of youth high school drama, but it is really leans on the mellow side, which is quite interesting because I think the more modern um, or the last two more modern adaptions, not adaptions, but I guess entries into the school series of K-dramas, I feel are a lot more kind of like zippy and fun. 
While I do think the uh, the school entry before this one, so I think from 2013, which was like the big breakout drama for uh, Kim Woo Bin and Lee Jong Sook, was like a bit more mellow as well. It was much more leaning into bullying and really sad stuff. And I feel like Who Are You School 2015, which is this one, the one I'm talking about, uh, it's kind of like maybe it's a little bit in between. It's it's kind of like a romance mellow. I guess it is. I really, the mellow vibes is maybe what I kind of love about it. It's also got real mystery throughout it. Um, and I, I think the thing I love hugely about this show is the setup, the concept, and then the angst that like rolls out because I think this concept is really, I don't want to say fun because it's really dark, but it's, it's, it's a great sort of setup concept for a youth drama. I really, really love it. This drama does lean a little bit dark, I think, at times, but definitely not in a bad way. I think in a way that I, you know, really spoke to me and that really moved my heart. But it certainly has, you know, all the lighter kind of things that you expect to see in a high school uh, kind of drama. So like, you know, romance, love triangle, petty jealousy, some kind of funny, quirky moments, but then a lot of deep dark angst um so who are you school 2015 uh this one stars my favorite ever actress kim so hyun who i love um among many others that i love um but for some reason uh, Kim Soo-hyun is just so wonderful so she plays the female lead in this she also plays the identical twin of the female lead <laughs> so she plays two characters um, and I think she's just brilliant in this um, and I had seen her before as a child actress like I think I first sort of watched her in Moon Embracing the Sun which came out earlier and then I'd seen her in a couple of like kind of smaller things oh, that I'd really liked her in and I think this was actually Kim So Hyun's first like lead role I think um and I don't know I liked her but I this is probably the k-drama that cemented my love for her I think and made me like follow her around k-drama land so Kim Seo Hyun stars in this one uh, and of course Kim Seo Hyun has you know now has been in Love Alarm and River Where the Moon Rises and a whole bunch of other stuff um so the male lead in this is Nam Ju Hok so this is early <laughs> Nam Ju Hok like he's got such a baby face he looks like a small baby and he just looks really young in this drama which suits it you know it's a high school drama he's very sweet in it um and it also as the second male lead has an actor called Yuk Song Jae who I think was in Goblin as well but I don't think I've actually ever seen any of his other dramas um but Nam Ju Hok I think this was maybe only the second drama that he was ever in and I think the one before this was called surplus mermaid i believe and which he was part of an ensemble cast that had his own love line and if you haven't seen surplus mermaid that one's it's a really fun fantasy romance it's super cute very swoony a lot of beautiful people in it and a really cute you know debut turn by namju hok um if you're you know a namju hok fan it's 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 a really fun one i really enjoyed it um so set up 
setup of school 2015 basically it's kind of hard to explain <laughs> uh the mellow aspect i suppose has our, our female lead is she doesn't know it she's an identical twin she's grown up in an orphanage in some i don't know port side city she's getting bullied she's getting treated like crap at school like really severely bullied and she does attempt to kill herself so it's pretty like it's dark stuff you feel really sad for her when she wakes up um she actually has amnesia and there's a woman by her side who says that this is you know you're my daughter come home with me so of course our female lead's like oh this is wonderful I, you know I have a mum and she's really happy she goes home there's pictures of her all over the house but of course us as viewers realize that a mix-up has happened and that this woman who is saying that she's her mum had actually adopted our female lead's identical twin sister raised this other girl who has now gone missing um so there's like a big case of um you know, swapped identities and our female lead eventually gets her memories back, but her and the mother decide, you know, she'll just keep living as her sister. But of course that leads to all sort of like just delicious angst, I want to say. It's so mellow and angsty. Um, so the female lead, you know, there's this boy who claims to be her best friend and she begins falling in love with him and he's clearly completely in love with her, but he's noticing she's really different. She's way nicer than she used to be, really different kind of person. So it's really about the female lead kind of getting involved in a love triangle, trying to figure out you know, just being a teenager and growing up and coming of age and figuring out who she is and who she wants to be while impersonating somebody else and really hoping that no one knows that it's her. And then, of course, the big bad bully from her old high school that drove her to the point of jumping off a bridge turns up in her new school and is immediately suspicious of her. Um, it's really good. I really loved it. I really liked this one the whole way through. Um, I really, really adored it. Um, so what did I love the most? The angst, the teen angst. <laughs> and I loved the romance. Um, I loved the romance. I loved the love triangle. I really liked the love triangle. It was a really interesting, angsty sort of thing. I liked, you know, kind of both of the boys' reactions when they realized the truth. And it's just so complicated and dark and interesting and I love that there's a mystery at the heart of it which of course is you know if our main character is impersonating her sister where the fuck is her sister what's happened to her sister very exciting stuff um so the worst thing about who are you school 2013 I don't believe there is anything <laughs> I loved it but I do know a lot of viewers weren't happy where the love triangle um ended up Personally, I shipped the correct person and I loved it. So I was really, really happy. I felt satisfied. I, I really, I loved this drama. I've watched it more than once. Um, so yeah, it's just a great high school drama. If you're into high school dramas and you don't mind when they like lean a little bit into the dark angst, um, then I think it's a great one to check out. All right, so that's all I'll say about Who Are You? School 2015, 16 episode Youth Mellow Romance.
So next up on my list is a more recent K-drama from 2019 called The Tale of Noctu. Uh, I've kind of been banging on about this one a little bit recently because I did a rewatch of it very recently uh, and I'm obsessed. I think it's just so good. <laughs> so The Tale of Noctu, so 2019, it is a historical action-adventure romance comedy. Um, and it's great. It's so good. I'm so obsessed. Uh, so it is 16 episodes, but it does that annoying thing where each of every episode is kind of cut in half. So it reckons it's 32, but it's, it's not, <laughs> um, it's just a standard 16 and it is wonderful. I really adore this one. So this one stars, um, Jung Dong Yoon, who has also been in the school series, but he was in what school 2017. This I'd, I'd seen him in that, but really this is the drama that, you know, has, has made me love him. I, didn't really love him at all after school 2017, where I feel like he just plays like kind of a shitty second male lead character. I don't know. Um, and this one also stars Kim So-hyun again as the female lead. Um, it also, weirdly enough, has, um, what's his name? Hwang in yeah, Huang and Yop, who is from True Beauty as the second male lead. So a little kind of a side role from him in this, um, playing like a silent, deadly assassin, kind of crawling around the sidelines all the time. Um, so yeah, that was very fun on the rewatch, kind of realizing that that was him. He's obviously a lot more famous now than he was back when this came out in 2019. So I watched Tale of Nocturne when it first came out in 2019, and I loved it. I really loved it. But I also feel that kind of around the time this came out at the end of 2019 I feel like there was a glut of really excellent dramas that all came out around the same time I think this was a couple of different historicals and then like extraordinary you and just some really decent dramas and it's interesting because I feel like because they're all so good I don't know. It's not that this one got lost in it because it, it was a favorite for me. I just adored it. But I don't know if I realized how much I loved it, like completely, because everything was kind of really good at that time. But, you know, if you kind of sometimes you go through these sort of, I don't know, stretches where you, you can't find anything that hits the spot and then you might go back to an old favorite or you kind of get inspired to go back to an old favorite. You just want something that you know will work and make you happy, which is what happened to me recently and kind of caused me to do, you know, sink back into this one for a rewatch. And I, you know, I kind of approached it being like, oh yeah, you know, I'll just watch a couple episodes and whatever. And then I just gobbled the entire drama up I could not stop watching I was just completely fucking obsessed and then I started googling all the behind the scenes videos and going like completely nuts over it like this drama is just so I mean, in my opinion this drama is so good I really love it but you know, it's there seriously hits my um, personal taste kind of stuff. So there's a lot to love about this from my point of view and the things that I really like. Um, but it's gorgeous. It's so much fun. Uh, so setup of Tale of Noctu. Basically, our male lead, Noctu, uh, played by the actor Jung Dong Yoon. He is, you know, a little dude who lives on a little island in the middle of nowhere, a bit of a scruff running around doing some fishing and stuff like that. And then a whole bunch of assassins turn up and stab his brother up. 
he doesn't die, so it's fine. Maybe he should have because he's not a great guy. But anyway, so Noctu's kind of like, why did these assassins come to my little weird island and try and stab me up? So because he's like a cool like action hero man, he goes running off after this assassin who limps off and he follows this assassin, realizes the assassin is in fact actually a woman in disguise pretending to be dressed as a man and follows this assassin lady all the way to a widow village, you know, in Joseon on the mainland, um, kind of very hidden where men are excluded, like they are not allowed to go into the widow village. So of course Nokdu's, you know, only way to get inside is to dress himself as a very, very pretty lady um, and infiltrate this widow village. And of course, he gets, you know, roomed with a young Gisang in training with her own sort of secret backstory and agenda, which she's keeping secret. And her name's Dongju, played by Kim Soo-hon. And, you know, he falls in love with her while trying to fool her into believing that he's a woman and then eventually she realizes he's actually a man in disguise and infiltrated her safe house so she's pretty pissy at him um and then you know neither of them kind of tell each other the truth about what their agendas are which normally drives me fucking crazy like if everything can be resolved by a conversation that's so annoying but it's never annoying in this drama like their their reasons for keeping their secrets are so they just felt so like realistic and made sense to me emotionally and I don't know their romance the pacing of their romance in this drama like I just couldn't believe that it made me as invested as I was the entire length of the drama I feel like so often I have such a bad habit that when couples sort of express interest in each other or you know kiss for the first time it's like the tension just gets sucked out it's like I'm not interested anymore particularly when they profess their love and start you know dating or whatever the Joseon equivalent of dating is was in this drama I was just so invested in them I was so invested in both the male lead character and female lead character together as a romantic pairing and also separately on their independent sort of journeys and their goals and wants like so invested in these characters like I just loved them both together and separately like I felt like I would follow them to the ends of the earth so yeah I got really obsessed with this and I think I think personally it's such a fun well-paced exciting drama like there's a lot of like cool action and knock dudes like doing flips and stabbing people up and stuff which I'm really into apparently <laughs> there's you know a big birth secret a big royal like conspiracy scandal but it never gets too like you know old men standing around in the court kind of talking it's not that sort of a drama it's a lot more adventure action um I thought the like kind of rom-com elements particularly at the start were just really cute I like seeing that stuff in a historical just because you don't always, you know, historicals get a bit serious. And yet the central kind of, um, you know, I guess quest that knock do's on is heart wrenching by the end. Like you just want to hug this man. He's having such a tough time. And, and, you know, the female lead as well. I just loved it. Oh, someone's at the door. Wow, so that really broke my flow. There was someone at the door. They dropped a package off and now we're back to this. Um, but I don't know what I was talking about, but that doesn't really matter because it's probably a good thing that happened. Otherwise, I would have talked forever about Tale of Noctu. Uh, so I'll move on to just what I loved most everything if you hadn't already kind of um figured that out um but I think particularly you know other than the romance which I just adored I think that I 
really love Noctu as a character. Um, it really, really struck me. And I love the female lead's character as well. I adored her. But I think Noctu particularly... I don't know. I'm like, is he now my favorite character out of all the dramas I've watched? I don't know. I loved him. And I think it's at, like, I loved him as a romantic male lead hero kind of character. And I think it's because I just found the kind of mix of personality traits or elements to this character or tropes, if you want to say, um, just really interesting and kind of fun. And I guess very suited to me. Um, I always go for, you know, I love dramas with warriors as the lead characters. I love fight scenes, all this kind of stuff. Like I love cool male leads stabbing people up. So like, I love the fact that Noctu is this really capable warrior. He's like a total badass. He's so cool. He's really dangerous and scary but he's also like this complete naive like very sweet idiot sometimes and particularly when it comes to romance like he's just so inexperienced that he's constantly just so cute and naive and embarrassing and I loved this mix of like this total capable badass slash just like this little like I don't know kind of puff that's really cute and sweet uh, so I loved it I really loved it. I'm going to try and stop <laughs> absolutely fangirling over Tale of Noctu and Noctu in general. Oh my gosh. Um, so the other thing I loved, which was weird, I just got obsessed and I don't do this. Like <laughs> I really try my best to draw the line between like these are actors in a drama, I love these characters played by these actors instead of being like, you know, yes, I am obsessed with actors and actresses, but I try not to be like too crazy, like shipping actors and actresses and stuff like that behind the scenes. But oh my gosh, the behind the scenes, like clips and videos for Tale of Noctu are just incredible. Like the chemistry between, um, Jung Dong Yoon and Kim So Hyun is insane. Like they're so sweet together. They're just adorable and they're just like teasing the shit out of each other. Like all that because there's heaps and heaps of kind of romance scenes in Tale of Noctu. There's heaps of kiss scenes. And so seeing all the behind the scenes of all like the romancey kind of kiss scenes is just Oh my gosh, it's so good. I was obsessed. I swear I just spent like hours like watching all this stuff. I'm like, this is so embarrassing. I am a grown woman. <laughs> but I don't know. I love it. It's fucking amazing. I, I can't help it. Um, So I've written here, the worst thing about Tale of Noctua is literally it's it's perfect, in my opinion. It's not perfect. Look, I'm sure that someone else is going to be like, wow, I better watch this show because she loves it so much and they're going to watch it. And you guys are going to be like, what the fuck is this? This is a weird show. There is some weird stuff in the show, as there is in all K-dramas or some K-dramas. Occasionally there is. Anyway, I loved it. I thought it was amazing. Tale of Noctu. What a drama. Uh, so this is a 16 episode history historical adventure rom-com from 2019, The Tale of Noctu. Alright, so we're flipping the genre now and I'm going to talk about another favourite of mine, which I've waffled on about a lot on this podcast. I mentioned a lot. Uh, so this is from 2017, a 16-episode OCN gritty drama called Save Me, also known as Rescue Me. So this drama, did I say it was 16 episodes? I reckon I did. It's kind of like a 
it's totally a match for those OCN sort of crime thriller dramas. It's not so much crime or sort of is, but it's about a cult and it is about, oh, it's so creepy. It's also shot so beautifully. Like it's so atmospherically creepy, this show. Um, so I watched it when it aired and I loved it. Like it took over my entire life. I couldn't think about anything else when the show was on, but I haven't seen it since then. I do think about rewatching it sometimes. Um, just, I don't know. See, it's interesting for me. I'm more of a rewatcher of things with like heavy romance angles. I don't, because I feel like that's the stuff that I want to see again. Um, and I love mystery shows. I love creepy, dark thrillers, but I don't tend to reach for those to rewatch. Um, so, you know, I haven't seen this since it came out, but it is just lodged inside my heart. I, can, I still think about it now just because it impacted me so deeply, like really took over my life. Um, it's kind of, I guess, or I guess I'll talk about the casting quickly before I get into the story. Uh, this one was really interesting for me because it was the first time I'd seen uh, the actress So Ji, who plays the female lead in this drama. So Ji, of course, went on to star in It's Okay to Not Be Okay, among other dramas as well. She is incredible in this show. She is so good. Like, I just walked away from this just like, wow, she's amazing. So this one also stars Taekyeon. Uh, and Taekyeon, of course, has been in... <laughs> Has he been in everything? <laughs> I reckon he has. Uh, Tekion was in, he had, I don't know, a side role in Vincenzo recently. He was just in, bloody hell, what's that? I've just been watching a historical that he's in, some mad historical. Uh, Secret Inspector and Joy, he's from Dream High, if you want to go back to <laughs> 2010 um, and he's just in loads of stuff like Let's Fight Ghost and a whole bunch of other stuff. Tekion is a really interesting one for me. He was in the very first drama I ever watched and I totally did not ship him in that love triangle. I shipped the other guy um, but I've always been quite fond of him and I think for some reason he picks dramas that I'm just always interested in their stories. I'm always really interested in the kinds of stories that he kind of attaches himself to. And because of that, um, I feel like I've watched a ridiculous amount of his dramas, considering I don't actively follow him around K-drama land. And I think because of that, I have just become really fond of him. I really like him. Um, I think he's good. I don't know. I really like him. And I liked him in this too. I feel like the character he played really suits his sort of you know, warm, good boy sort of vibes that Tekion kind of gives off. Um, so yeah, I, I really liked it. So yeah, he's really great in this. So it's not really like a, you know, male lead, second male lead kind of a show. It's more of an ensemble, but a big prominent role is also played by the actor Udo Hwan. So this was my first Udo Hwan drama as well. And anyone who's listened to this podcast knows that I love Udo Hwan. He's one of my absolute favorite actors and I just love him. Like I'll follow him around. I'll watch shit because this guy's in it, frankly. And I have, I have watched complete crap because of him. I am talking about the drama Tempted, which he starred in with uh, Moon Gayong and I don't know, other people, Joy, um, which was, you know, it was pretty, it wasn't very good. <laughs> Enjoyed it though. <laughs> kind of like, 
the way that you might enjoy watching a mad muck jug, except everyone's really young and just like rich and silly. Um, but I really love Udo Hwan. I think he's amazing. Um, so for me, the biggest takeaways for watching this drama from 2017, Save Me, was probably discovering Udo Hwan for a start, but also Soyeji and the story. This story just hooked into my heart like I couldn't let it go it just took over my brain it's such a dark creepy story so basically I guess the setup of save me this is a cult drama so it's all about how people get taken in by cults what kind of you know maybe vulnerable position they might need to be in to to allow themselves to get drawn into something that maybe from the outside to other people just is so obviously not a good place. Um, and it's also, you know, the female lead played by Soya G, she's a young girl in high school when her parents get drawn into a cult um, and her parents are in a very desperate, vulnerable position and they basically get preyed on by a cult, a cult members. Um, and it's really disturbing. It's really interesting seeing the drama portray how this might happen to good people who are in such a bad place in their lives that they're unable to see clearly. They're just in such desperate need of support and comfort that they believe that what they're being offered is being offered sincerely and from a good place and, you know, kind of allow themselves to get brainwashed really. But, you know, the main character played by Soya Ji, she is never brainwashed. She is never kind of actually believing in this cult because she has experiences very early on that you know raise red flags she knows this place is dangerous and no good but she's also a teenager who has no money and nowhere else to go and her parents bring her in and then she cannot get out and it is so terrifying and then the other characters, so Taekyeon's main male lead and also Udo Hwan's, you know, very prominent. He's sort of a side, he's not a side character. They're like, it's more of an ensemble, like I said. But these boys, plus some other boys from the local high school, you know, they all remember her from school and they, all this tragic shit happens. And then, you know, most of the drama ends up being about, is this girl okay? Does she need someone to help her? And if she does, how the fuck are these bunch of, you know, just boys from this rural town going to get their act together and, and help her? What can they even do? Um, it's a very dark, very creepy show. And I guess, would you call this a psychological thriller? I feel like maybe that's what this would be. Um, I loved it. I just, until it was finished, I could not I just couldn't think straight, <laughs> basically. Um, all right, so the stuff that I love the most, um, the atmosphere, the way it's shot, I think it's very, very creepy. It just sucks you in. It's like getting sucked underwater, or that's how I felt when I was watching it anyway. I remember from, like, the very first opening scene, like, I was like, whoa, like, you just get, I just got sucked into this world so hardcore. Um, Soya Ji's female lead is such an interesting character. She's just so strong. She endures so much. Like she's not, she's not like, I just always find it a very interesting thing when female characters, you know, they might not be physically kicker. She might not be like doing spinning kicks and saving people from the cult. Like she is 
you know, a victim who is in distress, but the strength of this woman's endurance that she holds on to who she is under these these terrible circumstances that she has to deal with throughout the story, like that inner strength that this character has, it just was incredible, like such a strong character. I really, really loved her. Um, and then, of course, like I discovered Udo Juan from this drama. His character is just such a tragic bad boy kind of character. Like, what can I do? This speaks to me. <laughs> and also, I love him. So, yeah, I like I love him. I loved him in this. Um, but very tragic shit that happens to him. It's pretty pretty bad. Um, so the worst thing about Save Me, uh, I don't know. I don't know if this is a personal thing or what, but I felt like there was just some weird stuff with the romance. I felt like they're sort of hinting to something, but then it never eventuated. And I just, I just wanted to fucking take that ending and just tweak it just the smallest bit. I wanted to fucking tweak that ending. And that's not to say it's not a good ending. I just, I just wanted to tweak it so badly. So like, I was satisfied, but I was also just left slightly unsatisfied. But sometimes I wonder if dramas that leave you feeling slightly like that, you know, they kind of get under your skin. You think about it. You think about it so much. So it certainly got under my skin. Anyway, what a drama. Save me from, when did I say it's from? 2017. I feel like 2017 was a really good year for amazing K-dramas. Um, so yeah, that's what I'll say. It's a very good drama to watch if you like, you know, OCN kind of thrillers or mysteries or just frankly really disturbingly creepy things <laughs> to give you some chills down your spine. And also if you like looking at Udo Juan's very pretty face while he deals with some unbelievably tragic circumstances, that'll make you cry. Um, all right, that's what I'll say about Save Me. <laughs> So the next drama on my list is also a crime thriller detective story um, from OCN. This one is called Watcher. And Watcher is, did I say it was 16 episodes? Because it is. That's what it is. And it's from 2019. Uh, I can never remember what I said or not when I do these things. Um, so this drama I didn't watch in 2019. And I've waffled on about it at length over different episodes. You've probably heard it all before. Um, this was a more recent watch for me. I think I watched this one towards the end of 2021. Yes, I did. And I like... I got obsessed. Um, every single episode seemed to finish on like this mad twist or hook. And I was just like, oh, I must know what happens next. So I have to say, if you like twisty thrillers, it's a great one. It's so good. But it's like plotting wise, it's fast paced. There's a lot going on. It's kind of a lot of kind of political sort of conspiracies and corruption problems within a police station. Um, and you have to be switched on. Uh, so don't watch it if you're tired, which I did try once or twice. And I was like, I love this show, but I'm so tired. And I just, I cannot keep up if, if, um, if I was exhausted. Uh, I loved this, like utter obsession. So this one stars uh, the actor Han Suk-gyu, who plays a Dr. Romantic in 
Dr. Romantic, those two <laughs> dramas called Dr. Romantic. Um, I liked him in Dr. Romantic, but I loved him in this. Like he's so good. He's so softly spoken and contained and calm, but it really like you can tell there's something like pretty intense under the surface. He's very capable, very cool character. This one also stars So Kong Joon as a kind of, he's a traffic cop at the start of the drama and, but a traffic cop with some secrets and a secret agenda who kind of gets pulled into, um, he's not a detective, but basically work as a detective as part of this anti-corruption unit that has been formed inside this, you know, massive police station in this city. Um, and he was amazing in this. Like, I don't think I quite knew that So Kung Joon could act like this. Like, you know, he's very charming. I've seen him in a lot of dramas and, you know, loved him really in a lot of dramas, um, particularly. So I've seen him in, you know, Cheese, Cheese in the Trap, Cheese from the Trap. Anyway, that was my first So Kung Joon drama and I loved him after that, but I didn't always love the dramas that he's in. Um, you know, and he's a great kind of like rom-com sort of romantic male lead or whatever. And then I saw him in this and I was like, oh shit, like this man is also a really good actor. Like he's not just a charming sort of romantic male lead who's really handsome. <laughs> he's also really, really good at, you know, playing a grittier role and kind of doing some stuff that I guess I just didn't really know that he could do I suppose that sounds very derogatory doesn't it just because you're a pretty face doesn't mean that you're not a talented at whatever that it is that you do in this case we're talking about acting <laughs> um and then there's another character played by the actress Kim Hyun-ju uh and she kind of plays a lawyer in this and I loved her in this um she's really really brilliant uh, a lot of other characters, obviously, in it as well. It's just such a twisty detective story. I don't even know. Like, there's so much happens in this that I don't even think I can give you guys any setup other than, you know, there's corruption and, you know, this little team with, you know, the main characters are trying to root out the corruption and solve some cold cases and some, like, cop murders and some really scary sort of almost serial killer stuff that's going on. But it really all kind of leads back into um, So Kung Joon, the main sort of main character's past and his dad. And he's just such a damaged character who's so, like, just willing to fling himself into danger to sort of get what he wants and what he, you know, his goals are and achieve his goals. And it's, you just... Like, I liked him as a character so much, but he's so reckless, so it's quite scary, like, almost destructively, like, self-destructive, not destructive to anybody else. Like, he's a very good guy. But um, I really, really liked his character, and I was kind of struck. So this drama, Watcher, from 2019, is written and directed by the same writer and director who made Happiness, which is... Uh, 2022 or 2021 zombie K-drama with Han Hyo-ju and um, Park Hyung-sik. And I loved Happiness. Like, Happiness is awesome. But I think it was so interesting, like, watching those two dramas quite close to each other because I feel like the writer, like, there was definitely some, like, directing stuff where I was saw, like, you know, kind of similarities, I suppose, but which I love because I, I think the directing was great or, like, the way it looks is great. I don't know much about directing, but it looks awesome. Um, but the writing particularly was really interesting in both those dramas because I feel like uh, Han Ho-ju's female lead in Happiness, 
she's such an interesting character. And if you try to just describe what kind of character she plays, I don't know about you guys, but like I have a lot of trouble with that. And I had trouble when I tried to do my episode on it. Like I feel like she's so many different things that are almost like personality traits that are almost like contrasting or wouldn't normally get put together in one person. Or if you tried to write a person with so many different contrasting traits, they'd come across like a jumble and not like a a solid, realistic character with depth. And yet this writer, I think, has pulled that off in this really interesting way in both happiness with Han Hyoju's female lead character, who's kind like just such an interesting character. And also with So Kong Joon's character in this drama I'm talking about now, Watcher from 2019, like his character is, you know, there's this reckless kind of destructive side, this kind of real swagger to the way that he interacts with like some of his superiors sometimes, like he's really got a mouth on him. But then at other times he's so serious and capable and doesn't and thoughtful. And I just, it was a really interesting and kind of confusing mix that somehow works and feels so realistic for a character. And I was just like, I think it's just the writer kind of part of me where I'm always really fascinated about how writers can create a character so filled with contradictions that make it hard to just say what kind of person they are without making it feel silly or unrealistic or, you know, like making this character, so Kung Joon's character, do something that as a watcher you're like, why would he do that? Like, I don't understand. Like, I always understood why he did what he did in this drama, even when it was drastically, like, different to what he'd just done before. Like, it always made sense. Um, So I guess what I'm trying to say is I think Watcher, personally, for me, for my taste, for my interest in, I think, like, really in-depth characters, but also really fast-paced like twisty, dark crime thriller plots, the writing is perfection. (laughs) Like I fucking loved the writing in this drama. Um, It was really, really exciting and just so well done in my opinion. And I think you see that coming through again, like in Happiness, which is the writer's next drama after this one with the same director. Like it's, you know, really interesting character work, really exciting action, like just really, really great stuff. Uh, So yeah, excellent writer. I can't wait to see what they do next. So that's fun. So what have I got here? So that's sort of set up. I just went on a mad tangent. Uh, So absolute loves for this drama. Did I already say this? I feel like it's the same stuff. So the plot, the mysteries, fast paced. I love the end of episode hooks. Like I just could not stop watching. Every time one finished, I was just like, please, what happens next? I need to know. Um, I loved the deep emotions in all the character works. I thought so, uh, So Kang Joon was just amazing. He really like kind of surprised me with how good he was. Like I've always liked him, but now I'm like, wow, he was amazing in this. Worst, the worst thing about Watcher. Look, I don't really think there was for me. I really loved it. Um, but I am a big fan of romance and although like there's like some little hints you can kind of read between the lines and you can sort of fill in some gaps uh, but there is no major focus on romance in this drama and I could have just oh I could have done with a little bit more Um, interestingly enough I think that was rectified in like happiness this writer's next drama when happiness obviously there is like it's not the focus of the drama because there are zombies (laughs) 
coming at them in the drama and everyone's quite busy having zombies attack them but there is a romance thread in that drama that I really really loved and I kind of like that when the rom you know I love it when the romance is front and center as well I'm all about that but like I do love in these kind of more heavily plotted like fast-paced sort of thrillery things if there is a romance then that makes me very very happy um, all right, so that's it for Watcher from a 2019 OCN crime thriller detective story. 16 episodes. So the next drama I'm going to talk about is The Red Sleeve Cuff, uh, which, you know, a very recent drama as I record this, and I just think it's so exciting and cool when you add new favorites to your list of like all-time forever favorites. Um, so this one's my most recent addition to my beloved favorites list. Uh, so The Red Sleeve Cuff is a romance historical, so a sagok. It's definitely like look there's some cutesy moments in it there's some it's very romance focused so there is some like you know kind of cuter elements in the romance at the beginning but I also think this drama certainly leans more towards kind of more realistic thoughtful portrayal of Joseon dynasty times and restrictions than some other lighter dramas probably do, um, which does mean that it gets quite bitter at points. Like, I think this drama is stunningly beautiful, but it also really, really hurt my heart. But I loved it. I loved it. Um, so The Red Sleeve Calf uh, came out at the very, very end of 2021, and I did watch it while it aired. It was a 16-episode romance uh, saguk, but it did get extended one episode. Somehow they pulled that off. I'm always terrified when things get extended because usually it means some weird shit gets tacked on at the end, last minute, but this felt, I don't know, it felt like it was always meant to be like that. It was very incredibly done. Uh, so this drama stars Lee Jun-ho as the king and Lee Se-yong as, you know, his lady love, but basically a court lady in training and then a court lady. Uh, it also stars a lot of other people too. I love the casting in this drama. Like, I remember there was a whole bunch of Sagoks coming out at the end of 2021. And I was really excited because I felt like there had been sort of a big dearth is that the right word <laughs> a gap there hadn't been any historicals for a while and I was feeling really upset about it just because I love historicals I love them so much and I felt like we really hadn't had a lot um, over the past year or year and a half prior and then suddenly we had a shit ton and they all dropped at once obviously and I remember like there must have been four or something all coming out around the same time and all had pretty great casting, really interesting concepts. And straight away from the beginning, this was the one that I was like, that kind of sounds like that is going to be to my taste. Um, 
Certainly that had a lot to do with the casting. Lee Jun Ho is also stars in another one of my favorite dramas, so I certainly have very warm feelings towards him. I think he's a great actor, great kind of presence, um, very handsome, obviously, um, but just really great. I really like him, even though I hadn't really seen him <laughs> in anything except for Just Between Lovers, which is one of my favorite dramas, which I'm sure I'll mention very soon. Um, until this drama, this is only really the second drama I've properly watched him in. Um, but I really like him. Obviously, him starring in one of my favorites means I have a very soft spot for him. Um, so Issa Young, who got cast as the lead actress in this drama, like I love her. I really love her. She plays the zombie in uh, Hwayugi, um Korean Odyssey. She's also in some mad drama with Yoon Shiyun called Hit the Top that I really enjoyed. And I initially saw her quite a few years ago in a drama with, um, I think the actor is Lee Joon, who's about to star in another historical. Anyway, <laughs> I'm getting distracted. Um, so Lee Se-yong was in a drama called, I think it was Vampire Detective, like a really long time ago. And she's just sort of part of a little ensemble cast, but I loved her in that. She was so cool and sassy and had like mad peroxide blonde hair. And I just remember being like, she's so cool and beautiful and I love her and I can't wait to see what she does next. So she's sort of been slowly working her way up, I think. And this seems like you know, she's been a female lead before for sure, but I think this is like obviously a big breakout for her, which I think she's so disturbed, dis I said disturbed, <laughs> deserves. Um, I think she's just wonderful. I think the acting in this drama was, oh, they both just moved me so much, these characters, and I think they, they played them so well. Oh gosh, I really, really love this drama, even just thinking about it <laughs> again. Oh my gosh. So this one is well made in all aspects. Like it looks beautiful. I think it just looks a little step above a lot of historicals that I've seen. I feel like so much thought and care has been put into every detail from like the music and the music cues, um, the soundtrack. Oh my gosh. I just listened to all the instrumental themes from this drama all the time make me cry <laughs> um and also like the costuming the like the just the scenery everything just looks so beautiful um I also really think that for me this is an incredible romance drama I think it's just the tension and the progression of the relationship between these two the misunderstandings the hardship and the utter heartache that I experienced while watching it was just on a different level like it really really moved me it also really hurt me but it's an incredible story and it's it's created so well and I think with so much love I actually this is another one of those rare dramas where I dipped my foot into dipped my foot dipped my toe <laughs> plunged into um I'm trying to say that I watched the behind the scenes videos of this one as well you know the little making of videos that they release quite often as it airs to get you excited for next week's episode and that's not something I usually do but I did for this drama and I am glad I did particularly as the drama progresses and gets heavier and darker and more painful to watch it was so lovely to see the behind the scenes which was it just looked like everyone was having such a good time you know the main leads had such amazing chemistry they're laughing and joking with the um the director who's just she's laughing and joking as well and it was so charming to see everyone so happy so invested in what they were doing um I really really liked it it was beautiful and I feel like 
almost like a little bit relieving on my heart to see to see these characters like or the you know the actors playing the characters like they are okay everything's okay <laughs> what a stunningly beautiful drama this one is um so the setup oh I forgot to tell you guys the setup so uh if you haven't seen it I feel like a lot of people have seen this one but um it's set in a real period in the Joseon dynasty um I'm pretty sure like the last you know kind of in the lead up to it's, it's <laughs> what am I trying to say um in real life it's set in the late 1700s that's what I'm trying to say um and it's really about the story of um kind of maybe the last recognized really powerful good king I think of the Joseon dynasty um I think the kings after this one um sort of had a lot of trouble in yeah anyway history stuff <laughs> um so yeah, it's, it's kind of about this prince basically played by our male lead, Lee Jun-ho, who has had a really tragic childhood. He's had a lot of trauma um, to do with his father and his father's death, which is a horrific, you know, true history stuff. Um, he has a very fraught relationship with his grandfather, who is the current king, King Yongjo, who is a very difficult man, both loving and terrifying. So like flip-flopping and always leaving, you know, our male lead just utterly traumatized basically and he meets and falls in love with a court lady so one of the women servants um who is bound to his his court and it's about their love story but it has a huge focus on her played by Iseyong and I think really really delves into a servant's experience and a woman's experience in the Joseon dynasty in a way that sometimes Sagwooks I don't know, like not through their own fault, but if they're trying to be realistic and historically accurate as this one is, um, I think sometimes women characters don't get quite as much of a look in or as in-depth exploration because, you know, the truth of the matter is less women were, you know, being kingmakers and kings and doing all this stuff or there's also just less written information about what they were doing is probably more likely. But anyway... Um, so it's this very thoughtful and beautiful exploration of um, the female lead's inner thoughts and her life and her day-to-day -day and also this push and pull between what her heart wants and what independence she wants to hold on to in this world, which is just so many restrictions on who she can be and what she can do. Anyway, it's amazing and it's really very swoony like very very swoony and very moving and very bitter and beautiful uh so love for me the romance like this is one of the it's an incredible romance like one of the best romances the tension between the couple um the push and pull just the atmosphere of this whole show the emotion in so much of it um so i loved it so what i hated the most about the red sleeve cuff the ending but also I hate it and I love it and I hate it and I don't hate it and I hate it but I also understand why it's there and feel like it's right so um, it's very complicated and complex I feel like my emotions towards the end but it really hurts to think about um so yeah 
There you go. That's my little short waffle about one of my absolute favorite dramas of all time. 17 episode romantic saga uh, from the very end of 2021, The Red Sleeve Cuff. So next up I have My Country, The New Age. Uh, so this drama is a 16 episode, but I'm pretty sure the episodes were quite long from memory. Uh, never felt long though, because it was so amazing. But anyway, from 2019 uh, and towards the end of 2019, this one is a sweeping epic historical drama it is about the birth of Joseon as a nation so basically it's about the transition from um you know career at that time being goyo and the transition and everything that entailed which was obviously blood <laughs> lots and lots of blood um as the country transitioned into being known as Joseon and you know a new king taking over who basically usurped the throne from the former dynasty and renamed his own dynasty um and then you know subsequently loads of his sons <laughs> murder each other <laughs> um it's kind of so it's true history but it's told from the point of view of two main characters who are both boys who are like they're not related but they're like you know bromancy brothers who love each other but they're not like you know actually brothers you know what I mean you know what I'm trying to say um who end up on opposite sides of the conflict but really love each other but also can't kind of sort out their shit um so it's really told through the eyes of these two fictional guys who live through all these like epic true events and it also has um okay well, I'll talk about the casting <laughs> getting confused okay so the male lead in this drama is played by the actor Young Sejong uh Young Sejong what he's up to is he an army hmm, I don't know anyway so he's from uh Jewel that was a while ago what else has he been in uh that drama where she gets amnesia <laughs> I guess I should look it up, shouldn't I? <laughs> I just can't remember the names. He's in heaps of stuff. Um, oh, he's not been in heaps of stuff for a while. Goodness. So he was in Still 17, Temperature of Love, Jewel. This is interesting. He's actually not been in that many dramas and not for quite a while. He must be an army. Um, anyway, that's Young Sejong. He's still very famous considering he's not actually been in that much and hasn't been in anything for ages. I find that very fascinating. Uh, it also stars Udo Hwan, um, who is <clears throat> amazing in this. I loved him. Uh, and it also stars Jung Hock, who is obviously a very famous actor who sort of plays a side character, but he plays an extremely prominent side character uh, who is, you know, a real life guy uh Yi Bang Won who basically was he like I think the second king of Joseon anyway third king of Joseon whatever um this drama is great it is wonderful like I really like Korean history I really like Joseon history it was a very interesting for me to watch you know this drama which is very you know it's a dramatized version of real events and the real events are like crazy you know like game of thrones style betrayals and mad battles and just amazing stuff um what was i saying <laughs> i was saying that even if you don't like history this is just a fantastic drama if you like historicals at all and if you like you know basically yeah big battles and betrayals and all this kind of really 
wow, it's very thrilling stuff. Um, but then very thrilling big picture stuff, stuff that to me just looked like severely high budget, like incredible battle set pieces and just some amazing, amazing scenes. Um, but then really told through this very emotional kind of small scale story of these two young men who grow up with each other. Um, our male lead played by um, Young Sejong is, you know, he's a very poor dude. His dad used to be a rich dude, but like, you know, was marked as a traitor. So basically he's got nothing and he's growing up and his best friend is the illegitimate illegitimate son of a very high up minister. But if you're illegitimate, um, you know, it means that he, I guess, you know, he looks like he's very rich. He gets to wear really rich stuff. So this is Udo Hwan's character, but he's really very much so shunned by his father. He's shunned by the world that he lives in. There's only certain roads that are open to him and his best friend in the world is this guy, um, you know, played by Young Sejong. But of course they find themselves on opposite sides of this huge sort of play for power and through no fault of their own. So it's very heartrending to watch and, their friendship is so strong and they just keep sort of coming back to each other and it's just heartbreaking. But, you know, this drama, there is a romance, but the romance did not move my heart the way the bromance does. Like, it's very moving um, and I loved it. I, I just, what a drama. This one's so epic. This is one I probably would watch again, actually, because I just think it's really exciting and I don't know. If you like historicals, you should definitely watch it. It's like, it's high budget. It's epic. It's really interesting. It's just like, you know, cliffhangers, all that kind of stuff, really interesting characters. Um, and you know, that kind of all this interwoven stuff where you just don't really know who's going to betray who, who's going to turn on who, who's going to decide to do what. So it was very, very exciting. Um, so for me, love Udo Juan, obviously. <laughs> I loved his character in this. Um, really interesting, I think, the character stuff in this. I really liked Young Sejong in this as well. He kind of plays a more straight up good guy, sort of, you know, an under underdog hero sort of guy, which is, you know, what's not to love about that. But I think Udo Hwan sort of plays someone a little bit more complicated who does some very bad things and his dad's bad, but he wants to please his dad. So he's kind of like tottering over this line of doing not great things, but he's really a good guy at heart. He's just desperate for love. It's very complicated, very interesting stuff. Also, it's played by Udo Hwan and he's brilliant. Um, I love the badass action in this. It's just the epic scale of the show. There's one battle scene that I just remember like it's all, I mean, I don't know if it is a continuous shot, but they certainly make it look like it. And it's so long and the choreography and just the madness of a big scale battlefield. Like it was incredible it's a scene where young Sejong's character goes to war for the first time and it just like it absolutely took my breath away I just had to re-watch it I just couldn't believe it so I feel like for me you know if you watch a lot of historicals I don't know why this one just looked big budget it just looked on a different level to a lot of historicals I've seen like it was incredible um kind of more like maybe it kind of looks or from memory, I haven't seen it since 2019, but from memory, like a lot of these big scale epic scenes kind of reminded me more of how something like Kingdom looks with that sort of big budget behind it. So I don't know why this had such a big budget, but it was brilliant. Um, Jung Hyuk is also just like riveting in this drama. You cannot take your eyes off him. He's so good as this very, very scary prince, ruthless, scary prince who is out for the throne. Really great.
what did I not love? Oh, not much. <laughs> I guess the only thing was when I think about it now, there's a couple of times where, you know, the characters have these big badass moments where they're like, oh, I'm going to burn it to the ground. And then they just don't ever do anything. <laughs> I didn't really mind because they were still pretty cool moments. Um, so, and really the main kind of thing that I loved less about this was I really, like, I like the actress who played the female lead. This is Solhyun. Um, she's very beautiful. I think she was very good, but I feel like she wasn't given a lot to do um, at all. Like, she felt, after a while, she felt like she had zero impact on the plot and they just kept sort of trying to insert her so that there was still a female lead in the drama. But she felt very not important, I guess, compared to... And I think it's because the main emotional arc really went towards the friendship between the two boys and, you know, this betrayal and push and pull between them. So there wasn't really a lot of leftover emotional juice for the romance, maybe. I don't know. Anyway... I think the bromance was the romance in this one. What? I loved it. Absolutely loved it. So that is My Country, The New Age, 16 episode epic saguk uh, from 2019. So now I'm going to talk about uh, Just Between Lovers, also known as Rain or Shine. This is a 16-episode romance melodrama from 2018, but the very start of it, as in it started in 2017. Um... This was an interesting one for me because I didn't know any of the cast at all um, and I was just so drawn to the posters I saw. I guess it's very much to my taste. Like I love a mellow kind of romance. I love something that's a bit angsty with the romance for some reason. I love a happy ending though. Oh my gosh. I love like loads of angst and then a really hopeful happy ending, which is what this drama has, which is probably why I love it so much. Um... But yeah, I, do, I really didn't know anyone who was in it, but those kind of vibes were really appealing. Obviously, the main guy is sort of a real poverty-stricken bad boy, which apparently works for me as well. That's a trope that's good for me. He's filled with self-loathing and he needs um, you know, the female lead's help to sort his shit out. Um, it's all very moving. Uh, so yeah, I absolutely love this drama. Um, this one actually stars Lee Jun-ho, who's also in Red Sleeve Cuff and loads of other dramas. He's in Walk of Love and a drama called Confession. Uh, but obviously Red Sleeve Cuff is what has propelled him into absolute stardom. Um, so this was my first time seeing him. I really hadn't seen him in anything prior to this. And I just loved him in this. Like, But I think I loved the character. And I think because I never really followed him around K-drama land afterwards, I wasn't sure if I loved him as an actor or I just loved this character. But now after loving him also in Red Sleeve Cuff, I can see that he's a great actor and I love him as an actor as well as both of those characters. <laughs> um, so Lee Jun Ho is in this as the lead actor and then we have Won Jin Ah also in this um, as the female lead and I'm pretty sure this is her first drama and she just like I don't know just auditioned as a nobody and got it and she's brilliant in it she's so good 
And she's also been in some dramas. She was in that hilariously named drama, Sunbay, Don't Put On My Lipstick or That Lipstick or Some Lipstick or whatever. And she's also in some other stuff too. Um, also, Kang Hana is in this drama as sort of second female lead. And she was in My Roommate is a Gumiho, playing a Gumiho. And she's also about to star in a Saguk as I record this fairly soonish. Um, so, anyway. This drama, Just Between Lovers, like I said, very angsty, very romance-focused, very slow, moody, atmospheric, like beautifully shot, like it's so beautiful, the music is beautiful. I don't know, it's just got these vibes that make me sink into it, it makes you slow down, it makes you feel what these characters are feeling, and I just loved it. So the whole story is basically um, the two main leads when they're kids, they both happen to be at this shopping center and the shopping center collapses. I do believe that this is very loosely, very, you know, just inspired by a real shopping center collapse, I'm pretty sure. And it's just about them like 10 years later or whatever, just dealing with what happened on that day and the you know, just the ricochet effects and impact of having a trauma in your youth that as an adult, you are still carrying around. So the male lead, he, um, played by the actor Lee Jun-ho, he has, you know, he lost his dad. He was there and he lost his dad. And we find out through through the drama as it progresses, we don't realize straight away, but he actually got trapped underneath a lot of the rubble for a rather long time and has led to some really severe trauma kind of stuff. And him, you know, he's come out of that very angry, very angry at the world. And I think a lot of that turns towards himself. He doesn't like himself. He doesn't like what he does, who he is. He's really sort of fallen into the seedy underbelly. Like, you know, he does odd jobs for people. He's a bit of like, um, I guess, you know, a tough, he'll go get money out of people if, you know, some of his underworld friends need all this kind of stuff. So he's not living a good life. And I think he just kind of hates himself. And then he ends up meeting this young woman played by the female lead who was dealing with all her own trauma. She lost her sister in this big accident. Her mother and father, you know, they don't, they get a divorce. It's really fractured family. And her mother has a major drinking problem and is going through a huge amount of grief. And the female lead feels so adrift and maybe, you know, unsupported by her mother, I suppose. Um, and it's really sad, but she has sort of I feel like kind of put her memories of that day in a little box and wrapped it up and like stored it very deep in her heart. Whilst Gangdu, the, the male lead, hasn't been able to do that. And his memories have really destroyed his entire life. So they meet and there's a whole bunch of stuff about architecture and like construction sites and shit like that. And, um, you know, very slowly begin to bring each other back to life and begin to face the trauma of their past as they very slowly fall in love in just, I still think maybe the most romantic drama that I've ever seen. I don't know. I think so. It really, really is so romantic. This one for me personally, that's what I think. All right, so love. What do I love the most? Oh, I've literally one of the best romances I've ever seen, but very much to my taste, an angsty, 
angsty emotional romance um really slow burn and that's you know that's what I'm into I guess or it's one of the many things I'm into when it comes to romance but it's something that really emotionally moved me like oh I just love it um I also just I don't know it, it has all the tropes that I like it's so good so hate uh the only thing I'd say about just between lovers is because it's a mellow and there's a lot of tragedy I do think it kind of spins its wheels a little bit towards the end. So it does get a little bit slow towards the end of the drama in that, you know, it has a few of those really annoying noble sacrifice kind of separations and stuff like that. Um, But you can get through it. I don't think it's too much. Like, it's just like, you're like, oh, it's not quite as perfect as it is at the start. I think the first three quarters of this, for me personally, I was like, this is perfect like it's got everything that I could ever want from a k-drama and then at the end I was like oh it's not quite perfect but the ending was really lovely and perfect so I don't know for me it's still despite that sort of stumble um and noble sacrifices times one million um despite that it's still absolutely cemented as one of my favorites of all time it really moves my heart I've watched it quite a few times like it's really really beautiful drama um, all right, so that's Just Between Lovers, also known as Rain or Shine, 16 episode Romance Mellow from the end of 2017. So now I'm moving back into the comedies and getting a bit earlier. So this is a K-drama from 2013. It is an absolute fluffy rom-com but with a deep emotional depth underneath all that like madcap fluff uh, and this drama is called Flower Boy Next Door. Um, did I say it was 16 episodes? Because it is, that's what it is. So this one 2013 I think I think I watched it when it aired, I'm pretty sure. Um, this one stars Park Shin Hye as the female lead and also the actor Yoon Shi Yoon as... So Park Shin Hye, I forgot to say, I should have said, um, she's in The Inheritors, Inheritors, however you say that, airs with Lee Min Ho. She's in Doctors. That was a drama that existed, wasn't it? Uh, Park Shin Hye. She was also in some drama with Hyun Bin where they go into a virtual reality in Tuscany or some shit. I never watched it. That was a really bad explanation. Um, anyway, so she's in it. She's the female lead. The male lead is played by Yoon Shi Yoon, who is an actor that I love. Um, he's in a lot of stuff. He's in uh, Knock Do Flower where he plays the sort of second male lead. Um that's that real gritty historical one. He's in Hit the Top with Lee Se-yong, which is a weird, silly one that I like. And just, I mean, he's in loads of stuff, whatever. Um, this one also stars uh, as a second male lead, uh, Kim Ji-hoon. Kim Ji-hoon is in stuff, but most notably, he plays the comatose son in um Flower of Evil, which stars Lee Jun-ki. So if you've seen that drama, when I say comatose son, hopefully you know who I mean. Um, he's brilliant in this and couldn't be more different than when he's playing a comatose son. <laughs> he's just like the most affable, sort of ridiculous sweetie in this drama. It's unbelievable. He's very likable. Uh, and this one also has um, Go Gong-pyo, who's an actor who's been in a lot of stuff more recently. 
I'm not gonna look up his, his stuff list. We'll just we'll just keep on going. So Flower Boy Next Door was part of a Flower Boy series that was some sort of unrelated drama series that kept popping up um, for a while in the early 2010s. Um, so there was Flower Boy Ramen Shop in 2011. That one starred uh, Dong Iru. Then Shut Up Flower Boy Band from 2012 that had L and also Sung Joo, Joe Boa, can't remember. And then uh, this one, I guess. Uh, and then don't know if there was any more after. Oh yeah, there was. There was more after this can't remember. Anyway, um, that was a weird time. I watched all of those, watched them as they were airing. I'm pretty sure they're all quite famous when they came out, but out of all of them, this was the one that I loved. I loved it and I still love it. And I rewatched this one. This is one of those romance, like fluffy romances that just hits, hits the spot for me. I can revisit this and it still makes me feel just so warm and fuzzy and happy. The romance is just so good. It's so beautiful. It's like a, a healing romance, I want to say. And the comedy I still find so funny. Like it's such a hilarious group of ridiculous side characters in this drama. Like all the flower boys in this are so funny. Um, so it's like, I kind of like this one, I think, maybe as an entry to the Flower Boy series, because all the other Flower Boy kind of dramas, I think they have all these dudes, you know, really good looking dudes swaggering around. And this drama, I feel like all the Flower Boys are just the sweetest big idiots that I've ever seen. And they're very like charming, but not in a cool swaggering kind of way. Like, I don't know. They're very, very like likable and endearing to me. So it's a very fun sort of ensemble cast, Flower Boy Next Door. Oh my gosh, just talking about this, I'm like, I think I'm going to go rewatch this again. I mean, I rewatched it, I haven't rewatched it in the last couple of years, so it has been a little while. And, you know, these things do age, so it'd be interesting to see it again. But either way, gosh, I love it. I'm going to say, though, if you decide to have a go at Flower Boy Next Door from 2013, be aware that it is from 2013, but also I've always felt the first episode's a little bit weird. I've always felt like the first episode just feels slightly unstable to what the rest of the drama is when it gets going. And I guess it's the setup. I still really like it, but there's some stuff in there that I was like, that's weird. Um, but once it gets going, I just think this drama is it's really funny, romantic, but also kind of beautiful, I think, as well. So the setup is basically our female lead, Park Shin Air. Um, we catch up with her. She's a, you know, a young woman. She's living in this um, uh, enormous block of flats. I'm going to cough. I have to go. <laughs> okay, I probably shouldn't have said anything. You mightn't have known that I disappeared just then to cough. But also since then, someone started drilling outside of the house. Um, but because I'm a huge professional, I'm just going to push on. <laughs> Um, so hopefully you can't hear it or it's not too noisy if you can hear it. Um, but also I have to finish recording this podcast at some point in my life. So I need to press on. Um, so I was just talking about the setup of Flower Boy Next Door. So Park Shin Hair. So we kind of find out later in the drama, you meet her. She's a complete shut in. Like she cannot leave her house. She is getting, I guess, panic attacks like huge anxiety filled panic attacks and when she sees people when she goes outside into crowded places like she is she's got a very 
a very awful problem really and I think the drama does deal with that really sensitively like she has a trauma and she is living shut away from the world because she cannot face what's happened to her and she cannot deal with people and she cannot speak up for herself like so her character the character growth that Park Shin has you know female lead goes on is kind of beautiful and I guess that's why I want to say it's like a healing drama and I don't think the drama ever I don't know I think from memory and and my opinion at the time anyway like I felt like the drama just handled all that stuff really well so we do find out later in the drama that Park Chine's character when she was at high school she you know a teacher gave her some attention said something about her being a really good writer and was kind of just helping her a little bit and someone who was a best friend of hers started a rumor that she was having an affair with the teacher and the teacher never stood up for her because the teacher was so worried about his career and false rumors that he kind of just left the school and left her to take the brunt of all these rumors so they're completely untrue completely fabricated but her entire life gets ruined because no one will talk to her everyone whispers about her everyone's saying like you know she's been like sleeping with the teacher and she's just this little girl who's like hasn't done any of these things so she's so traumatized that once she becomes an adult she cannot function in society she cannot talk to people all of this sounds supremely dark but the drama is the brightest lightest fizziest funniest cutest sweetest and like super fizzy romantic drama ever so uh Park Shin-hye's character lives across the street from this random guy that she doesn't know but her window faces his window and she's completely in love with him she's never met him never talked to him don't know that she really wants to because she can't really deal with people and then suddenly this guy this perfect wonderful man across the street his little brother moves into his apartment and within two seconds this little brother has clocked her through the window and is like why are you staring through the window? Like, why are you perving on my brother? So, of course, you know, this is Yoon Chi Yoon's male lead and their character. And he's like, he's the opposite to her. She's quiet. She can't talk. And he cannot stop talking. He just goes and goes and goes. And he's got so much energy. So they're complete opposites. You would never think that they would be able to communicate but they do and of course you know their paths get crisscrossed they end up having to work together like all this stuff it's just so good and then meanwhile um the dude who lives next door to Park Shine's female lead is completely in love with her but he's so shy he can't say anything or do anything and then a whole bunch of other ridiculous flower boys move into the neighborhood and all sorts of mad shit happens but I really really loved it I do feel like the first episode was a little bit wobbly um but I really really just think this drama is really charming. I think I'm going to go rewatch it. I hope I don't change my mind after rewatching it. Um, so I said stuff that I love the most, um, the romance, the characters, the comedy. I just found it really funny. Um, all the side characters are really funny. Like, you know, those dramas where there's side characters and you're like, oh, get these guys off the screen. I just want to watch the main leads. Like in this one, I loved the side characters. They're also amusing to me. Um, I found the drama really healing. Like the romance is really beautifully, slowly built and healing. Like really our leads come together because they both recognize that they are in unrequited loves with other people and they end up sort of offering each other support and it takes a long time for them to realize that their feelings for each other aren't just friendship that something else is going on there 
Uh, there's a really great love triangle in this one. Like you really feel a bit torn. You really like the other guy. Um, and then there's a lot of like kind of a funny, petty sort of rivalry between the two boys, but they're also their friends and forging a friendship themselves. So it's all very charming and funny. Um, stuff I didn't love... Not much. I really enjoyed this drama. Like I said about the first episode, I do think there's kind of a silly separation towards the end. Like, oh, I have to go overseas and I don't know, study some dumb shit. So I can't like call you or text you for a couple of years. That kind of rubbish. Um, I feel like they do that in K-dramas a lot less now, but I feel like in the early 2010s, that was, that was how every single drama finished. Uh, so anyway, that happens. But other than that, you know, pretty great, I think. Really good drama. Um, so that's Flower Boy Next Door from 2013. 16 episode fluffy rom-com. Very cute. Okay, so next up, which I think this is number 10, so I've got one more after this, is the K-drama train from 2020 weirdly enough this ocn sort of psychological thriller detective show uh was my favorite of 2020 i really really loved this show um it's only 12 episodes and it's a very interesting mix of there's a fantasy element to it, but it really feels like a very gritty, dark kind of serial killer slash detective drama. Um, there's a thriller aspect as well, I'd say, but there's also a fantasy element thrown in there that is, I really loved it. I loved the concept of this drama. It's just so creepy. I loved it. Um, so this drama, did I say it came out in 2020? I'm pretty sure I did. So this one stars Yoon Chi Yoon as well as Flower Boy Next Door. Um, so Yoon Chi Yoon is an actor. Man, I love him. I guess my first drama with him in it must have been Flower Boy Next Door. And I've always tried all his dramas since then. I just really, really like him. Um, and I think he's really good in this. He also plays kind of two characters um, and it's just all very cool and very interesting. Um, the female lead is played by Kong Soo Jin, who is, if I'm remembering correctly, she sort of plays uh, Nam Ju Hok's ex girlfriend in Weightlifting Fairy with Kim Bok Ju. I'm pretty sure it's the same actress. Um, the gymnast one. So anyway. Train is great. I really liked it. I kind of feel like the less you know, the better, but I guess I'll tell you a little bit about it, the setup, I suppose, because that's what I'm doing. Um, so basically, uh, Yoon Chi Yoon's character is a detective at, I don't know, a police station where the detectives hang out. He's hanging out there and they start digging up some bodies. So they start realizing there's a serial killer, but they're having a lot of trouble identifying these bodies. And when they finally identify one, you know, they go and tell, try to tell the family that this person is dead. And then that person walks into the train station and it's like, why the fuck are you telling my family I'm dead? I'm clearly not dead. But obviously, if you fingerprint somebody and those are their fingerprints, like that is impossible. Two people do not have the same fingerprints. So they check all the DNA and it's not someone who's similar. It's the same person. So this person is both alive and dead. And that makes no sense. Um, so all sorts of crazy shit happens. But basically, it's a serial killer drama that has a parallel world element, which 
I loved. So the whole thing is there's this train and the train in one world every now and then for a very short period of time slips into a different one and it's so creepy and amazing. And so our detective guy, Yoon Shi Yoon, ends up slipping through into a parallel world where in that world he exists but he's a very different man and he's gone missing because he's you know they're both swapped and in this other new world like he's also a detective but he's a very he's corrupt he is a heroin addict and everyone sort of hates his guts um it's really, really good. And then there's this whole sort of backstory between him and this, you know, this woman um, that he's grown up with that he's really helped. But it's, there's a lot to it. It's very, oh, I love it. I really, really loved it. Um, I kind of, I just feel like the less you know, the better. It's so atmospheric. It's so creepy. But if you like serial killer stuff or you like, I was going to say fantasy stuff, like it has the parallel worlds thing in it. I just adored it. I loved it. Uh, so love. What did I love? Uh, what I just said. So the creepy atmosphere. I think the ideas and the concept was probably my favorite thing. I was just like, my mind felt blown by just the concept of this was so good. I remember um, this must have been the same year. Really? Wow. 2020 that the inheritors. Oh no, wait, the King Eternal Monarch came out with Lee Min Ho. And I loved that parallel world stuff in that, but it just didn't kind of hit. I guess I just wanted it to be way darker. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but imagine if the main character was a detective and there was like a parallel worlds, like conspiracy. And that's basically what this drama is. So again, I loved it, but very much so hitting a personal spot for me of exactly a thing that I had a craving for, like it fulfilled a story idea that I was like, wouldn't that be cool? And then this drama popped along and gave me that thing that I wanted. So no wonder I loved it. Also, for some reason, I'm fucking obsessed with detective shit. Like I just love detective stuff. And this drama is, you know, it's basically following a detective around as he, you know, sniffs out clues. Um, it just happens to have a, a parallel world creepy element as well. So yeah, I loved it. So hate. Uh, look, there's nothing I hate about this drama. I felt like towards the very end, there's about one or one episode, I think, which focused a lot on the villain. And I feel like the lead character, like Yoon Shi Yoon's character, really, he's the heart of the show. And having him not be in about an episode and a half very much at all, kind of like, I was like, oh, that seems weird. Like he really pins the, everything together. So I wasn't like super excited by like just that huge deviation from him. But, you know, in saying that, that's a very small part of an overall amazing drama. Um, but the ending was really interesting. And I think in some ways it felt a bit rushed. There was like an element at the very last moment that I was like, that was kind of weird, but not enough to make me not like it not enough to make me feel unsatisfied by any mean like I do feel really satisfied but I feel like they introduced some concepts at the end that were kind of fascinating but maybe they didn't pull all those threads and and kind of dig in as deep as I wanted so it's very unusual for me to say but I think this drama could have probably done with like another episode or something I feel like they introduced a very big concept in like the last half an hour and I was like I wish you had another whole episode to kind of just 
dig deeper into this because it's really interesting. Um, but I loved it. I really love Train. I think if you like detective stories, kind of psychological thrillers, serial killers, all that gritty dark stuff, um, but love like some supernatural elements to it. Oh my gosh. Very, very cool show. So that's Train from 2020. And now we're back to the kind of rom-com coming of age territory. So uh, this is the last one on my list. This is number 11, but they weren't in any particular order. So this is a drama from the very end of 2016, uh, running over to 2017, and it is Weightlifting Fairy Kim Bok Ju. Um, I adored this drama. I feel like it's so famous. Like, what can I say about it? I feel like most people have watched it or at least tried. Maybe it was your thing. I feel like it was most people's thing. Um, it is just such a beautiful campus coming of age story that I was really looking forward to. I was really interested in it, I want to say. Um, I really didn't love the female lead in this, I suppose, prior to this. So that's um, the actress Lee Song Kyung, who played the second female lead. She did, yeah. Or she just played a screechy side character in Cheese in the Trap, which was a drama I got very obsessed with, um, but totally shipped the wrong couple in a really extreme way that took over my life. Um, and I didn't love her in that. And I remember when she got cast as you know, weightlifting Kim Bok Ju in this drama. There was a lot of controversy around it because she's, you know, she's a very a slim model um, actress. You know, she's very beautiful, very slim, and she's a model in real life. Um, but I think she pulls it off. Like, I think she put on quite a bit of weight for the drama. Um, I just think she did, you know, she's still really, really slim, but she did a really wonderful job and I liked her so much. And now I'm, you know, just hanging out for her being in more good dramas that I really like. I cannot wait. Uh, so, yeah, I guess I'm just talking about casting already. So Lee Song Kyung plays the, the lead character in this drama, and then the male lead is Nam Ju Hok. Um, and then the second female lead is Kong Soo Jin. Anyway, there's lots of other people, but Nam Ju Hok, obviously, I was talking about him when I was talking about school, uh, Who Are You, School 2015, but of course he's in loads of drama uh dramas very famous now um i really really love this drama um i guess the setup basically we have uh kim bok ju who is a weightlifting kind of university student at a sports uni and she you know it's all it's there is a plot and it's kind of a weird, funny one to do with like her losing weight, but also having to gain weight and all this kind of like complicated stuff and having this unrequited crush and not really knowing what to do with it. But I think really the core of the drama is it's a coming of age story. It's about, you know, being a young adult and figuring out, you know, what you want out of life, but also maybe balancing those things with the idea of falling in love or being desired or having certain body types or being considered beautiful or being a certain type of person and kind of figuring out what is important to you, I suppose. It's also very much so about friendship and university, like college campus life, um, I particularly love the romance in this one um, with Nam Ju Hok's character. Like they, they just sort of reconnect as childhood friends. They have such a kind of 
bickering vibe and they're just really close friends who learn to lean on each other and support each other and basically offer each other love before they really realize that they're in love. And I am such a sucker for like friends to lovers as a trope. I just adore it. I love that. I don't know why. I just love it when you're watching a couple who are so close and so like so much skinship and so comfortable with each other. And it's like as a viewer, you can see that there's something more there, even though the characters don't quite realize it yet. And I think there's something so charming about then watching that progression into actual love or realizing that it's love. It's really beautiful. So I don't know. I really adored this one. Um, I find it very funny, very sweet, but also just very heartfelt, endearing and quite moving. Um, and I find the romance very swoony and gorgeous. Um, so what I love, probably I love Bokju the most. I have heard some people find her a bit like screechy and annoying, but I didn't really have that reaction. I actually really, really loved her in this um, as a character and also um, with the, the female lead, Lee Song Kong's um, performance. I really liked both. I really like her a lot. So um, and yeah, just her quest to be herself and figure out what that means and I feel like also her passion and the way she really wears her heart on her sleeve like she's she gets embarrassed quite a lot like as in she does some very embarrassing things she makes mistakes she says really silly stuff and does silly stuff and I found it refreshing and charming I don't know it's one of those kind of life-affirming k-dramas for me personally anyway where you're watching someone living her best life and it sort of inspires you to I don't know like to pull down some of your barriers and be less terrified of what other people think of you or you know just follow your heart more I know that sounds so cheesy but I feel like k-dramas do that so often like particularly in these sort of beautiful kind of inspiring how to be yourself sort of shows they really do kind of inspire you to be like you know I just want to do what I want and I want to be who I want to be without like all these restrictions or worrying what everyone thinks or says, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I found it really beautiful and inspiring. Um, and what's to hate about it? I don't think there is. I think this one's pretty bloody solid the whole way through. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's my impression. I have watched it. I, you know, because of the way I am, I've watched it multiple times, but I usually just watch up until just after the main, you know, the leads get together um, and then, you know, go back to the start and rewatch it again. Oh my gosh. Anyway, I loved it. So that was the last one on my my 11 favorites of all time, but I am just going to breeze through some other ones that are, I mean, look, they're sort of favorites too, but they're weird old ones. So I have put them on a different list. <laughs> All right, so now it's time to breeze through some of the older dramas. I've been doing this forever, so I'm going to try and go through quickly because I need to go lie down or something. So tired. All right, so an old drama that I absolutely adore and will forever adore, even though it's very old and clunky, is Dream High. I've talked about this a lot on the, the K-Drama podcast, but this was my very first ever drama, so it will always hold a special place in my heart. It's a 16-episode youth Follow your dreams and also get in romantic entanglements, high school drama from 2011. Um, this drama just, you know, it was my first one. It hooked me. I sobbed and sobbed at the ending. I loved it. It's funny and rom-commy, lots of love triangle, jealousy stuff, um, following your dreams, 
some questionable dancing, some brilliant singing, and just a really great high school drama. So best, oh, so this one also, you know, it's interesting. It stars um, Kim Soo-hyun, Susie, Taekyeon, and IU. Um, so pretty stacked cast, really. Um, and also Kim Soo-hyun, like, I was, <laughs> I was obsessed. <laughs> I loved him so much. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so best. Um, I just think it's such a beautiful drama. Like, it's such a gorgeous youth drama. I really, really love it. So worst, look, it is really old. It's clunky. It's not a high production value. I think that but there's at least one storyline that I can think of that I think even at the time I was kind of like, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. And now would be considered like extremely problematic, I'm sure. And at the time, like I was like, oh, but, you know, it's a small part of the drama. There you go. Um very creaky, very old, very cheesy, really cheesy. That's what it is. But I just adore it. Like it really changed my life. This is my, my original K-drama. It was my K-drama gateway. Absolutely changed my life. <laughs> I can't believe such a silly, cheesy old drama changed my life. I love it. Dream high forever. It's so good. All right, so that's what I'm going to say on Dream High. Uh, the next old clunky weird drama that for some reason I will forever adore is, and again, I've waffled on about this at extreme length, so I do apologize, but Tamara, the Island, it is from 2009, so it's very old. It's a historical sagawk. I think it's set in the 1600s, 1700s, I can't remember, and it's about basically a white man with a blonde mullet washes up on shore onto Jeju Island and gets saved by a young woman. He falls in love with this young woman, but the young woman is like, ends up in a love triangle with this sort of, um, very cranky young nobleman who's also on the island, who's been banished there for reasons that turn out to be a lot more interesting than what you initially think. Um, so this one's from 2019. It's 16 episodes or there's a 20 episode version. I think it got cut because it wasn't doing very well when it came out. I don't know. This one it was probably one of my early historicals and I just fell in love with like all the outdoor settings on Jeju Island. Um, I fell in love with Park Kyu, who's like the male lead in this, like, and his whole like unrequited love that is destroying him. Like he's so in love with the female lead and she just, for most of the drama has no idea. And then even when she does, she just can't get her act together. So he's just like, I've never seen such a tragically in love like dude in my life. And he also, you know, has that huge sort of male lead progression where he goes from like a cold, arrogant, horrible jerk face into like the sweetest, nicest human being um, by the end, very swoony human being by the end of the drama. But in saying all those good positive things about it, it does also star um, a French man with a blonde mullet who's pretending to be an English man with a blonde mullet um, also has lots of poo humor, lots of poo in this drama, <laughs> lots of weird shit that happens. Um, so I don't know. Like, I don't know. I still love it. I just love it. But I also, I mean, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me that loves it. I feel that people that love it love it. Um, but I think most people don't love it, <laughs> if that makes sense. It is pretty old, but I still just, it's beautiful. Oh, it's all about like Jeju Island divers and all this. Oh, it's so cool. Um, anyway, 
that's Tamara the Island. <laughs> I just I love it. Anyway, all right, so moving on. So uh, the next old one that I love is from 2012. Wow. That's not that old. I've kind of put it on this list because I think there's some creaky, weird elements. So this is Faith or The Great Doctor uh, from 2012. It's a fantasy romance, time travel, 24 episodes, which seems a little bit long to me. Um, and this one does star Imin uh, Ho as, you know, your general guy and Kim Hee-son, who's very famous, still very famous. Um, I love this drama. I love the romance. I love Lee Min Ho in this drama as this kind of damaged, quiet, stoic general. Like that's very much to my taste. I like that it is based on history. It's set in the Goyo, Goyo, Goyo. I think it's Goyo. Yeah, Goyo um, dynasty. I loved it. I think the plot by the end on my most recent rewatch, I think I finally accepted the fact that the plot by the end, <laughs> the time travel actually doesn't make any sense. Um, but I still think this is a wonderful drama that I really, really, really enjoyed. Uh, that's based on history and is just filled with like mad fantasy romance and like the romance is great and it's just really cool. So I don't know. I still It still has a special place in my heart. Um, so yeah, the best thing about it, Lee Min Ho as like a cool general guy. Very cool. Worst thing the time travel doesn't actually make sense. You know, when if you look at it real closely, it doesn't make any sense. All right, so the next old one on my list that I love is Time Between Dog and Wolf from 2007, 16-episode crime thriller. This drama stars Lee Jun-ki and Jong Kyung-ho. So Jong Kyung-ho, his name I can never pronounce very well, uh, is, you know, in Hospital Playlist 1, Hospital Playlist 2. Uh, he's also in a whole bunch of other stuff as well. It also stars Nam Sung-mi, who I also really, really like. Um, this one, I just love it. I think it's a great you know, crime thriller. It's really fun. And Lee Ki is amazing in it. So basically the setup is just Lee Ki is, I think he's like a, an agent who works for like, you know, a Korean intelligence officer or whatever. And then he has to go and embed himself in a crime ring. This crime ring is run by Koreans. They're importing drugs from Thailand and their main operations, I think, are in Thailand. So he goes over to Thailand and, you know, he has a tragic past and all this shit's happened to him. And he basically embeds himself in this really scary crime syndicate from the ground up, has to work his way up. And then when he gets quite close to the top, he suffers a pretty bad accident and he loses his memory. And everyone around him is like, hey, you're this big crime boss. And he's like, cool, I'm a crime boss. And his entire personality changes and he ends up being this really scary dude who doesn't remember that he's undercover and doesn't remember that his former love is like, you know, staring at him and thinks he's dead and is really shocked that he doesn't remember who she is. And it was really great. I really loved it. It was really, really good fun. Uh, so that's um, Time Between Dog and Wolf from 2007. Again, you know, it's an old drama. It's from 2007, so it looks like it is, but it's also great, really great. Uh, and then last on the list of old dramas I love again, this one isn't that old, so from 2012, uh, this is Queen In Hyun's Man. Uh, this is a fantasy romance time travel drama, 16 episodes. I 
loved this drama. I've watched it multiple times. I just adore it. It's like, it's a fluffy rom-com, but because of the time travel back into, you know, historical time periods, there's this sense of higher stakes and people getting stabbed and stuff as well. It stars Jihon Woo, uh, who's an actor I really, really like, Jihon Woo. Um, what else has he been in? He's starring in like some mad weekend drama this year that's really famous called The Gentleman and the Lady or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, he's in heaps of stuff. I really, really like him. Uh, and then it also stars Yuina, who's just a fantastic actress. She should just be in everything. She's so good. She was, of course, uh, the second female lead in Goblin and, you know, loads of other stuff as well. And it's just a beautiful drama about a historical Joseon scholar who's very serious and clever, who accidentally gets transported, time traveled into modern day Seoul onto the set of a TV drama, a historical TV drama and he meets the actress played by UNR who is like gorgeous and like real husky voice really funny and really sweet and she's playing basically the real life queen from this guy's era and they meet and they fall in love but they're from different eras and this leads to you know different time periods this leads to a lot of problems and a lot of you know, near misses and almost deaths and is very sweepingly romantic and extremely moving and beautiful. Uh, so that's what I loved and I'm going to go because I'm going to cough. Oh, so I'm back now. I don't know why I keep needing to cough. Probably because I've been talking for like a million, trillion, billion hours. <laughs> I think that could be it. Uh, so this is almost the end of the episode. I just thought I would quickly breeze through just a list of others that I really love, K-dramas that I just adore. Um, and I'm sure I'm missing so many from this list that I'm slightly terrified to even say this list. Uh, but I'll just do it really quick. So I love Kingdom, Squid Game, All of Us Are Dead, Sweet Home, Joseon Gunman, Extraordinary You, Mr. Sunshine, wow. Let's Fight Ghost, True Beauty, Hechi, Noctu Flower, and a zillion more that are escaping my mind grapes right now because I need to go um, have a lie down or, you know, watch some K-drama. That's what probably what I actually will go do. <gasps> That is what I'm going to go do. That's very exciting. <laughs> I've got all my energy back now. All right, that's it. I'm going to go. Thanks so much for listening. This is such an incredibly long episode, but there you go. Um, so that's it. That's it for all of my favoriteest favorite K-dramas. Um, as of now, out of the ones that I've watched, that's what I meant. <laughs> Hopefully I'll find some more soon. All right. So that brings me to the very end of this week's rather long episode. Thank you so much for listening to the end, if you did. And if you didn't, I guess you're not listening to this, so that's fine. <laughs> um, huge thank you to all my listeners, as always. And a very, very special thank you to all my Patreon supporters. You guys are amazing. Thank you so very much for supporting the show. Um, I'm going to go. Thank you so much for listening to this rather long episode. I really hope you enjoyed hearing me waffle on about these shows. Gosh, I love them. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye.